Hey guys, welcome to Life in Perspective. It's season three and you know we are talking defining moments. But there was no way I could keep having this conversation without bringing my friends along. Today though, it's family. It's my brother, the Bishop Jonathan oh Stamper. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm too young to be somebody's bishop. You are, you are young, but man of God, there is some wisdom locked Jesus. in you from Jesus. ages and ages Come ago. On. Way back <laughs> Come when. Come on, way back. My Lord. Y'all, okay, so I met Jonathan at Black Voices Movement. They had an intensive, like back in November, and the Lord just told me to go. I didn't know nothing about these people. I didn't even know what I was walking into. I think if I had had a warning, I probably would have, you know, eased into it a little bit. But Jonathan preached two messages that wrecked my entire life. And I ended up laid out across the floor underneath the chair in tears. It my just, Lord. it was, Jesus. it was crazy. We was all a mess. It was crazy. <laughs> God just showed up. No, really? Like, cause you know, everybody got their little thoughts about Gen Z. They need to get in some of them rooms with black voices See? because, okay. no, no, for real, we don't have nothing to worry about when it comes to Gen wow. Z. There are an amazing group of people, like, I vouch for them. They are like my family. They like my siblings. They like my little babies. They are on fire for the Lord. Wow. And not only are they on fire, but they are traveling across the country and the world to spark fires on the hearts everywhere. Yeah. Like, no, it's been crazy, bro. So, insane. It's crazy. The, the fruit. That we've seen, it's just there's really no words for what God's doing. Uh, if we we take we need like three episodes, <laughs> he said we need like three. Episodes. You know what I'm saying? Just to recount <laughs> the stories from that one weekend, let yeah. alone the last few years. No, so it was it's no, just it's crazy. I pull up on them all the time. I did the rally in Atlanta. Yeah, was crazy. Wow, y'all like it's it it's literally like a brook for me. Like I always tell them that when I go, I'm like, thank you for being a brook, because. Sometimes when you're a person that always pours out, like I can always go and sit and I know I'm going to be fed. I know it's going to be pure. I know it's going to be lit. I know the fire of God's going to come wow. down. I know like, and, and we going to get lit. Like the worship be like real crunk. Hey. It's like hymns, but like, hey, listen. but like from the streets. It's like, if yes, I can't, I, I ain't going to hype it. You just got to pull up on them. That's just, it just is it's what it fact. is. Bro. <laughs> All right. So we are talking defining moments. Yeah. And those are the moments that we encounter in our life that are maybe not the ones that make us the happiest. But when we look back on them, we go, dang, without that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Wow. What comes to mind when you hear that? I mean, trying to choose one has been pretty <laughs> difficult, actually, because I feel like my life has been full of defining moments. Mm -hmm. Um when you grow up in like church, but also you grow around Christian parents who like are in tune with the spirit of God. Um, I think I've been privileged to grow up aware mm -hmm. that there is like destiny on my life in a unique way. And sometimes that could be a burden, but in other ways, reflecting back, it's something that's been really beneficial for my journey mm -hmm. because I've always lived with an awareness of like the importance of my life, even if I didn't necessarily believe it. I always knew that in the back of my mind or in the in the in the bottom of my heart that even when I felt like stuff was just terrible <laughs> and I was really wondering if there was value to my life, there was always that little bit of a whisper um, that there was something more. Um, and just kind of scrolling through my life, I tried to pick a moment that was that was the biggest for me. And what came to mind was actually when I was a sophomore in college, 
Um, I've been in church my whole life, but I really gave my life to Jesus for mm-hmm. real, for real. You mm-hmm. know, like the mm-hmm. that was me. Same. You know it was my saying? sophomore year in college. I'm like, all right, I quit. I yeah, quit I was like, I think it was like halfway through freshman year when I finally was like, all right, Lord, you can have it for real. But my like rededication was, I'm like a very honest guy, so I didn't. There was no like placating with the Lord. I wasn't gonna give him like you know the roundabout answers because we had somewhat of a relationship, even yeah. if I wasn't fully submitted. So I told them, this was my rededication prayer. I told the Lord, hey, uh, I know you're real, and I know I'm not living for all that I'm supposed to be living for. Um, And I can even say that I love you, but I can't say I trust you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I need you to basically reorient my heart. I need a real encounter with your love if you are who you say you are, and teach me why you're trustworthy. Um, and so he took me on a journey of that that is still going really to this day. Not that I don't believe him now, but he's always showing yeah, me on a new level sure. why his love is worth giving everything for. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my sophomore year of college, things kind of came to a head because as a Christian, I mean, everybody knows like you get saved, the Holy Spirit fills you. It's a radical change <laughs> in your life. Yeah. And then sometimes there are those few things that just have a way yeah. of lingering. You know, you tuck you you sometimes we tuck them away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you thought it was gone, but it just came up mm-hmm. a little bit. For me, like the thing that lingered was like relational dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I used to smoke weed. As soon as I got saved, I didn't have no taste for it anymore. Yeah. Used to drink, didn't want to drink anymore. But for me, romantic relationships in particular, like they were just super dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And that lingered and lasted much past like my full surrender. And that translated to promiscuity. That translated to just brokenness in relationships. And I remember the defining moment that I that I came to mind was there was a situation where I had gotten really to the end of my rope, um, and just a relationship that was just at a level of dysfunction that I was literally depressed. Like I didn't really know how to even mm-hmm. describe it. People around me didn't know how to help me, um, and uh, in some ways, my reputation was being called into question around wow. it. Like, just who are you? What are you really about? Do you really love Jesus? Um, You know what I mean? Mm Because when you are saved and you're gifted, sometimes people don't check to find out, like, what your character is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, or even I would say if you're solid in, like, your discipleship, yeah, because the depth of your gifting or the depth of even your revelation of God may not have always fully caught up Mm -hmm. to the, the quality of that inside of you more than just what you can communicate and so for me i knew so much about god but there was still so much i had to believe about him Mm -hmm. that i already knew and it was just crazy i was like so depressed i remember coming from a meeting with um some people in my life that just went so bad like just arguing people not knowing how to help me and it was just such a rough season to the point where i was literally i remember i was walking from this meeting to get on the bus to go to my dorm room and I literally said, I'm going to get in front of this bus wow. and let this bus run me over. Because I'm like, I, I didn't want to be in this position. God, would, like, I wanted to serve God in the fullness of what I had. But there was so much dysfunction, so much trauma, so much unresolved pain from my childhood, from my history, from my past. That I was like, this is just, I can't overcome this. I don't mm-hmm. know how to do this. So I'm going to get in front of this bus and I'm going to let it run me over. And I do not know how to explain what happened. But legitimately, it was like, and I mean, I know you know about like the ways of God. Sometimes supernatural things happen that we can't explain. Um, it was like, but while I was contemplating this, 
it was literally like the Holy Spirit like started filling my mouth with words wow. that were not coming from me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like tongues. I was literally prophesying over my own life. Wow. Like out of my mouth, without my control, the word of the Lord over my life, mm-hmm. speaking identity, speaking destiny over me, just started flowing out of me to the point where I couldn't stop. And my body, it was like I could not move mm-hmm. until the bus pulled up and I had to get on the bus. It literally, I was prophesying wow. a whole bus ride all the way till I got in my bed in my dorm room. I could not stop prophesying wow. over myself. And I remember that that moment was the beginning of the journey with the Lord of like, hey, it doesn't matter what you what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the brokenness you've experienced. Mm-hmm. You are not what you've done. You are not where you've been. You are not what was done to you. You are who I say you are. Wow. And I'm about to show you who I am on a completely different level to where the things that you used to believe about yourself are going to be so distant from you that you can't even recognize that person anymore. And it from that moment, it began a series of just radical encounters where I started to see the Lord for who he was. And it went beyond religion. It went beyond just kind of a distant understanding. It started changing the way I saw me. And from there, I mean, it was on. I, 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 every, everything changed from that moment. The God's just presence filled my life in an unexplainable mm-hmm. way. And it was still a journey going through healing and restoration. But the entire framework was different because the pursuit no longer was about surviving and just kind of trying to do the right yeah. things and, and skirt around my distrust of God. Mm-hmm. It became a radical pursuit for his glory mm-hmm. and the truth of who he is that I'll be on for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, I love this story so much. I think the part that stands out is the first honest moment. Yeah. Uh, that moment of, I know you a little bit. I might love you, but the reality is I don't trust you. Yeah. Because the reality of that is you're not going to fully give yourself to somebody you don't trust. Yes. Which is why you had knowledge of him. You've experienced his love, but you can't have all of me because I don't even really know yeah. what you're going to do. And I feel like so so many of us are in that space where we're serving. Yes. We're leading. We're leading people to a Jesus that we don't fully trust. Yeah. And how, Brenda, how do I how how do I know I don't fully trust God? Because you haven't fully surrendered to him. Yes. There are some areas that you don't give him, not wow. because you don't want to give him up, but because yes. you don't trust him. Yeah. And I love this conversation because we have not been taught that we can be honest with God like he's not already all knowing like he don't already know (laughs) yes and I think the more we pretend like we good and we pretend like we trust him and we quote Proverbs 3 5 and 6 all the time it's our bumper sticker but we don't really trust the Lord with all our heart okay but we don't feel like yeah. there's space for our honesty when the reality is that's how the enemy keeps us in bondage. Yes. Because I'm going to keep acting like I am and I never invite God into my inability to trust him. Yes. So then how does he fix it? Exactly. And so I feel like with your story, we see this journey of this is where I'm at. This is what I'm asking you to do. So much so that you get to a moment where the only thing that will save you is him, but it's because you invited him in that original moment. Exactly. I need you to show me that I can trust you and where it's like, I'm about to take myself out. I actually cannot do this anymore. And God says, don't worry about it. I got you. I'll show up for you. But it's because he said, let me show you that I'm trustworthy. Yes. In a space where you can't do it on your own, where you don't even have the capacity mentally or pull from all the stuff, you know, it can't show up in this moment because life has now gotten me down. Now it's like, but remember you invited me into this space. 
Let me prove it to you. Wow. And so I think for anybody that's listening, that's the takeaway is like, first of all, let's stop lying to ourselves. Before God, let's stop lying to ourselves. Because, you know, especially you mentioned like people that grew up in church. Most of us have. We grew up in church without relationship with God, without understanding what it means to walk in relationship with him. And so I think the first thing is like, stop lying. Just, Just be real. Tell the truth. All right. You don't really trust God. (laughs) And it's okay. He's not surprised by it. He's not shocked by it. But the more you let him into that and you invite him into it, even in your most honest moments. When I have honest moments with God, sometimes I'll be like, hey, bro, I don't like you today. I don't like you today. I don't like what you're making me do. I don't like how it makes me feel. I want out of this right now. I'm I'm really honest. David Psalms. It is. I'm like I could write a couple more chapters of Psalms and be like, hey, why did you choose me? I'd ask for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. But it's not until I have those moments that God can really do it. Exactly. He can't. He doesn't deal with. Yes, I feel like that's for me. The benefit of my journey with God, I think, has been to realize the power of honesty before the Lord Mm -hmm. and that real change starts with honesty. And I think so much of what we think about faith is about trying to think yourself into something. Mm -hmm. But the truth is it's always been about God's power to change a circumstance that you truthfully offer to him. It's not about trying to kind of fix your mindset or fix your behaviors to get into alignment with what he wants. It's about giving it to him as it really is and letting him put his hand on it and change it. Because when you really get down to it, like we could not have worked our way into our salvation and we could not have worked our way into the free gift of grace. So how do we think that our transformation, our conversion, our maturity in Christ is going to kind of happen by our, I'm going to think my way into this. It was beautiful to me. Now looking back, I didn't understand my story at first, but it's beautiful to me now realizing that, me being that honest with the Lord was the beginning of real radical faith mm-hmm. where when I started out, I'm like, nah, I don't really trust you. I don't, I don't really know like where we stand on some things. And now you can't convince me out <laughs> sure. of the reality of who God is mm-hmm. because I was on honest enough to say, I don't trust you and made room for his trustworthiness to be revealed to me because I really offered it to him. And I think when we think about faith, right, if we were willing to kind of like, almost exchange that word faith with trust. Because I think we think about faith like I believe in what God can do. Mm -hmm. But if you thought about faith as what I trust God to do Mm -hmm. and not just what I believe he can do, then the entire framework of your life would change. Because trusting God to do something actually affects the way you live and the way you behave. I know what God can do, but what I trust him to do will determine how I make decisions, who I talk to about Mm -hmm. something, who I don't talk to, what I step forward and do, what I wait to do, uh, what I put my hands to, everything actually comes down to my trust of God, not just my awareness of his ability. And I feel like if our generation can catch like, oh, you need to trust Trust. God, Mm -hmm. you need to actually trust him. What it means to respond to to the gospel is to trust God with your life. That will change everything. No, so good. Okay, what do you say to a person who has an inability to trust God because they are seeing him through the lens of disappointment from people and they don't know how to separate the two? I would even say like a father figure or someone in leadership or somebody they put their trust in that let them down and they can't shake that disappointment to step fully into it with God. 
this is a question I ask myself over and over again <laughs> in different seasons because I've had to wrestle with it mm-hmm. on new levels. Even though I had that first initial encounter, it was levels of like, yeah. Lord, this is what happened to me. I don't trust you because of this, or I trust you at this level, but I can't trust you for the next thing you're asking. Mm-hmm. And but I'd say the 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 foundation of it all is you can't, and this is just real for me. This is what God gave for me. You can't look at the cross and like look at it really good and tell me you don't trust God. Mm-hmm. And when it so, really when it comes down to it, no one has ever been more like assertive mm-hmm. in resolving the pain and the consequence of my worst experiences than Jesus Christ. Yeah. I could say, oh God, like this is the classic prayer, right? And it's not to be insensitive because so many people go through things and they wonder where God is in it. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, Lord, like if you love me so much, why sure. did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, I didn't. Mm-mm. There's a wound for that. Mm-hmm. I handled it. There's a stripe for that. Mm-hmm. And I think for so long, we have had this mentality of like, if God doesn't step in the, in the way we perceive or even the way that would be the, the, the optimal way in our minds, mm-hmm. then we think he's not active, that he's passive yeah. and he's allowed something. But a God who will bleed for the sins of humanity has never been passive toward anybody's suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, he's bled, and he took stripes in his back and wounds in his side for the suffering that each and every one of us experienced. So when I had to look and say, man, I have issues with my dad, I have issues with people who've hurt me, abused me, abandoned me throughout my life, and I don't know how to trust you because a lot of those people did it in your name. A lot of those people were wearing collars. A lot of those people were called this, 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 and that. Yeah. How can I trust you? And then he says, look at my nails. Man, I feel the Lord on this. Like, I, I, it's it's so hard for me to say you allowed this yeah. when I look at what you did for me, because the blood of Jesus. I think so often we think about Jesus' sacrifice in accordance to what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he died for my sins, yeah. but he actually also died for the sins that were committed against, against me. us. So good, bro. and his blood is powerful enough to resolve even the deepest measures of pain that came from other people's sin Mm -hmm. and for other people's mishandling of us and their mistakes toward us. And I just, it was transformational when I realized he's already stepped in Mm -hmm. and he's already done something that if I, yes, he's going to do more. Yes. He's going to walk with me and he's going to create provision for me. But at the end of the day, even if nothing else happened, I have this eternal truth that he stepped in before the thing ever happened to me. Before they disappointed me, before they stabbed me in my back, you knew that was going to happen, and you took care of it. Mm -hmm. And when I think about that, it reminds me of why he's so trustworthy with my life, because he's never asked me for anything without having suffered for me first. Everything I'll ever do for God is in response to what he already did for me, and his selflessness and humility and giving everything for me before he asks anything of me, it's like, of course you're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, it's like, it's not going to always be easy because you have to resolve the real dynamics of your life. Yeah. Things still hurt. For sure. Things are painful. But we also have a high priest who is not unconcerned with the mm-hmm. feelings of our infirmities. He's experienced pain 
in some ways so that he can relate to us and so that we can know that we're not alone. Yeah, so To me, good. all of those things are like, man, before I get into the practicals, because I may need therapy, I may need transformational community, I may need reinforcements to, to move the dysfunction out of my life, but all of that will only do a partial job if I, I don't realize mm -hmm. what Jesus has actually done for me and how much it makes available. I always partially trust him. And, and this is something that happens with me. This is what happens with a lot of people. I'll trust him to the degree he has not let me down. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then when something happens that even remotely yeah. reminds me. I'm like, oh, pull it back. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew you weren't really trustworthy. Yeah. I knew church wasn't really for me. I knew Christianity wasn't really for me. But it was because I had a conditional trust. Oof. Because my trust was built around my circumstances yeah. and not on what Jesus did for me on the cross. Mm-hmm. But when I look at what Jesus did on the cross, then my trust of him is no longer circumstantial. Mm -hmm. My trust of him actually makes me reinterpret my circumstances. And I can see the difficult things I go through and go, oh, I don't see it through the lens of, God, what are you doing? I see it from the foundation that you're already trustworthy. You're already good. And so when the Bible says the sufferings of this present time are not okay. worthy to be compared mm -hmm. with the glory that shall be revealed, now I see my suffering and I'm like, oh, so you're setting me up for glory. I don't see it as what's going to happen to me. Well, well where Why am I going? Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, something crazy is about to go mm -hmm. down on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Because this is what he promised. Yeah. And a God who would die for me is a God who keeps his promises. For sure. And there's nothing else that gives me an anchor faith like that. If it was based on my experiences, it would, it would be faulty. But because I know what he did for me, yeah, it, it's... It's the kind of faith that cannot be shaken. Mm -hmm. Y'all, we really could be here all day. No, no, no. It's so good. It's so good. I think that that is even helping me because child, I be suffering sometimes and I be like, get me out of here. <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> yeah. Where's the escape button? For sure. But to understand it, like, no, there, like, there's glory on the other side of this and there's purpose in this and there is... Uh, a developing of my character yeah. and also a developing of my trust if I journey through this. Wow. And so if you could pray into that, because I know somebody's going to watch this and be like, I hear what you're saying, bro. You preaching a good word, but I don't trust them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and being able to, um, praying that they would be able to kind of let down their walls. Cause I think obviously mistrust is built from disappointment. Yeah. And so being able to let down their walls and just, inviting God into that space to start the journey yeah. of trust. I love it. We're praying, right? Yeah, okay. we're praying. Sounds good. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you, first of all, um, that you're not intimidated yeah. by the condition of our souls. We thank you that you're not intimidated by the questions that we have, the frustrations we have, even the things that, that make us wonder about the truth of who you are. Mm -hmm. You've never been offended by our questioning of your character, but you've always been willing to show us who you truly are. And so, Lord, if there's anyone who's listening to this, anybody who's watching this and saying, I don't know if you're really as good as you say you are because of this that happened to me or because of X, Y, and Z, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would begin to reveal to them the truth of your character 
through the cross. Your word says that no greater love than this, than a man should lay his life down for yeah. his friends. That your life laid down is the greatest proof of your trustworthiness um, to us, your willingness to lay your life down for us, your humility and your self-sacrifice. I pray that that would become real to every person who's watching right now, Lord God, that it would not just be an idea or, or a story that they've heard, but that you would bring them into kind of a, a beautiful wrestle with the truth of what you did, that it wouldn't just be an idea, but that it would become reality to them. Yeah. And Lord, I pray that they would know that you're not mad at them for, for having questions. You're not even mad at them for distrusting, that you are patiently working with them and walking with them and, and on the journey of showing your trustworthiness to them and you, you're not looking at them frustrated that they haven't figured it out yet and that they're not perfect in their faith, that you take the mustard seed of faith that we have and you move mountains with it. Yeah. And so, Lord, I just pray that, that you would give them the grace to honor their mustard seed faith um, and to not discount it because it seems like there's a mountain of doubt and a mountain of questions in front of them. Um, but we thank you that that mountain is moving because the faith that you placed inside of us and the faith that we trust you with, you multiply by revealing the truth of who you are. So, Lord, you can do it. You did it for me. You did it for Brenda. You did it for so many. And we pray that you do it for every person yeah. who's in need of a truth encounter with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so good. I hope that something was said today to help put your life in perspective. What I need you to do right now is tap in with my brother, Jonathan. Where can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram, Jonathan Stamper underscore underscore. Um, YouTube is just my name, Jonathan Stamper. No H before the end. Come in Jesus' on. name, because sometimes that, <laughs> that trips some people up. Um, but those are my primary um, places. You'll find me there, a bunch of content, Listen, all the fun stuff. go, the man of God preaches, clearly, all right? He is a preacher. He can't help it. He's about to get married. My come on, God. Come on, and you're invited. Just follow him on sure Instagram, are. and you can come to the Pull wedding, up. too. Pull up. It's going to be in a Jesus wedding name. from heaven, all right? I promise you. Hey, guys, right now, do me a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to this channel. You already know we are back every week. This is Life in Perspective. We out.